Hello and welcome to The Advice Show. From global insights to practice management, this podcast will give you UK and global insights into the financial planning profession. My name is James Fitzgerald, your host and senior reporter at NMA. And today I am joined by the CEO of Advice Business Tenant, Mark Scanlon. Mark, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us. Good morning, James. Thanks very much for inviting me. My pleasure. Now, today we are going to be discussing Tenet, of course, you know, how the business has fared over the past year, how it's embracing technology in this new digital age, and of course, have a chat about the wonderful world of regulation. So, Mark, to kick things off, how has Tenet embraced technology and how has this embrace of tech helped attract younger clients to the business? Yeah, I think for, for us at Tenet, uh, there's been quite a lot of change from the point of view of technology over the last two and a half years. So we are on, a, on I guess, a, a process here of uh, modernizing, digitizing uh, and making more technologically advanced the, the services we provide and, and how we function as a business. So we began that process, I guess, you know, in earnest over that period, uh, about, two, about two years ago now. Uh, when we adopted the IntelliFlow system as our back office system, which is kind of a mm-hmm. cornerstone, cornerstone decision on our part uh, for our network, which you know is about 50-50 um, wealth and mortgage. So that, that became sort of a cornerstone uh, investment for us and really a, a huge a change for our members and a change for our employees because it took us from, in some instances, really being very paper-based uh, to being very digital in how we operated. So the visibility that gave us the the, uh, the ability to pay uh, easily, the, the easy, easy to, to reconcile, et cetera, all of the attributes that you expect from back offices really came into play. And that was tremendous for us. So that, that was the beginning. That, that was the real, the real, I guess, underpinnings of being able to, to, to drive forward with technology. And that then, of course, has helped uh, attract new clients. It's made it easier for our members to be able to deal with their, uh, their customers in, in the way that it operates because everything is so much more digital. So on, on the front end of the system, we have the capability for the client to log in automatically through a, a portal where they start adding their information. They can go and look up what, what their, their status, how things are progressing. So it really makes it a lot easier for, for people to be able to see what's going on. And that's very attractive. And I guess also that, that's kind of a, a prerequisite, uh, I guess, for, for the younger generation, for people using the systems. It's expected. You know, you, you'd like to be able to enter your own information just to make sure your your postcode is correct or whichever piece of information you're entering. So I think it certainly does make it easier to deal with the younger generation. But I also wouldn't be wouldn't like to be disparaging towards the older generation because actually um, they've embraced technology quite easily, I would say. And I suppose uh, it is the case that the whole world has gotten used to FaceTimes and now Zooms and Teams and all the rest of it through uh, through the pandemic. But, you know, I guess the older person has been looking at their grandchildren on FaceTime for quite a number of years now. So you, you could argue that uh, we're really just catching up with that. So their, their propensity uh, to use technology, I think, is, 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 uh, is quite high and higher than maybe, than maybe you might think. So the, the strategy you know, has, has worked very, very well for us. And, and it's allowed us to put ourselves in a position to, to go on from there. And, and we saw that through the pandemic. So the IO system allows us to be able to conduct video conferences like like we can today um, in, in, a, in a system called GLIA, which is appended to the, the IO system. So you can you can put video uh, conferences uh, into your file uh, and, and record those as part of the fact-finding process or, or whatever it is that, that you're doing. So, you know, all of that allows us to function uh, more easily, uh, more fluidly. And, you know, in, in the end, you know, what we're chasing is to provide financial peace of mind to end clients 
and anything mm. that makes that easier and more visible, I think works very well. So I guess we've embraced quite a lot of technology there in, in the back office systems. And, and that's really the relationship between the client and the advisor. Uh, we're now going further into what we call tenant tech, which is to go and, and have that connection between the firm and tenant. So the, so the advisors can see what's going on very, very easily. And, and that's, that's another uh, sojourn that, that we're on uh, today in automating and, and digitizing, making that easier. Uh, and I think that we all we already know the early, early delivery uh, components and modules of that are providing some really good improvements to the way that we operate between us and, uh, and, and the member firms, which is tremendous. So it's a continuum. Uh, we'll continue to do it where we are investing quite considerably in technology to be able to do that. And, and we'll, we'll continue to do it. And the, the early, you know, the early indications for us are, are very strong from point of view of, of what it does for us. Can you talk uh, our listeners through a bit more about tenant tech, if you may, the, you know, the tenant advisor um, technology relationship? Sure. So what we're doing there is is, is where we've got we've brought our own developers. So Tennis hitherto didn't have a, a development team. We've now got a development team of ten people who are configuring systems within the business to be able to manage that that, that interaction. So, for instance, if somebody wants to go and check out their CPD points, if they're up to date, they can go and inquire uh, simply by coming through a portal. Likewise, if there's a file check happening, they can go and check on that. If each year they can do their own self attestation around their their licenses, what what they've got, what they don't have. So it, it kind of puts a lot of the, the I'll call it the heavy lifting into the plumbing. So uh, you know, a, a firm can do it in, in their own time. Uh, and then we're, we're able then to inquire. And the, the, the key thing here is, is gathering information into one place and taking action as a consequence. So having to go out and say, look, can you tell us what your license levels are, where are you up to on your CPD points, etc.? If all that stuff is getting done at a time of convenience for the member, then that gives us more time to talk about important stuff, about you know, customer mm. service, um, how, they, how they can grow their businesses. So they can come on um, onto the portal and, and just see what's, what's happening. Um, we were also re, re, redefining and streamlining our compliance operating model, which is intrinsically linked to that. So we're designing the system. We're not just digitizing what we had. We're looking at how it functions bar nothing just to see what improvements can be made. And it is that that we're digitizing to make it easier for people. So, again, the, the, it's, it's an intelligent system in that it learns what, what are the attributes that people are asking questions about. So we have mm-hmm. now five uh, help desks set up, ticketing type help desks. Uh, we've seen our response times tumble, I mean, from in some instances from hours to, to minutes to be able to get back to people. We don't lose anything along the way. It, it's very contiguous and the feedback already on that's been, been tremendous. So our uh, responsiveness is, is increased tremendously. And as we answer those questions, the system learns what answers happen to what questions. So it, it reads the incoming question and it already provides our op- operator some prompts. You might want to this you might want to talk about that and, and so we're getting answers back and, and, and getting far better quality uh, responses to members so they can they can get on with their job and, and get, get the job done so lots of elements you know, eventually we, we we've upgraded all of our, our phone systems to be cloud-based so when the phone rings we identify the phone call and we can call up the firm file so we can see look you've got this going on that going on the other and then we're, we're able to talk to those uh, they're, they're right there in front of the the person who answers the call so it, it's a real digitization of the function and, and really trying to draw out what are the important things that we should be looking at all the time and acting on those as opposed to having to you know get out a, a check sheet at, a, at an annual audit and and, and you know tick box um, have you done this have you done that have you done the other actually 
all that, all that gets done. We don't have to talk about it because it's it's a record. It's there, and uh, if if there's something goes awry, then we we can inquire on. So, the, the activity with, with the member is changing significantly from point of view of ease of use, comprehensiveness, and of course, it's just stuff that you can do now that you could never do before. Uh, well, this move to tech, how much did the pandemic kind of push that along? Was this in the pipeline anyway, or did the last 18 months or so kind of uh, hurry you up a bit? It's a bit of both. So it was it was absolutely in the pipeline. So, you know, the implementation of an IntelliFlow was September 19. Um, so that was, that was pre-planned for that to happen. Uh, and I would say at the outset in March 20, um, we all were like, oh, my goodness, you know, what should we do here? Everybody's got to go home. How's it going to work? Um, so that, 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 that had us scratching our heads a little bit. So I would say slowed mm. it down a little bit. But then it just it just took off because, you know, the, the day before we all were sent home, um, we'd never used Teams. And by the following mm. day, I think it was a Thursday. And by the following day, we were all using Teams and our payment services team continued to pay members as usual weekly from their kitchen tables because the system is cloud hosted. We didn't need to be on site for it. Um, so it really did accelerate. And then and then we, we did have to do a bit of encouragement uh, among advisors to meet their clients uh, over video, uh, which I think did, did begin to take off. And they began to ask themselves the question, why do I spend two hours in the car going up the motorway to see somebody for Mm-mm. an hour where they are f- feel obliged to spend that hour with you and then two hours home, et cetera? Uh, it, it's far more... Um, Economic, and I think it was good for the advisor as, as well as for, for the for the client. Uh, and I think the only area I think that suffered and, and is still still recovering is really where you're meeting a new client for the first time. I think that the actual physicality, being in three D as opposed to two D, does make a difference in that situation. We've certainly seen mm. a bit of a lag in regard to, to new business, but again, that's recovering. And we did things like we had Rada do some training sessions for our members on how to conduct themselves in video, just to try and help uh, help that process. We had lots of communications by way of video, so you know, two and three hundred people uh, on a call from our network, just 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 talking through what's going on, what are we doing, how's it feel for you, is, is there any more we can do? That mass gathering of information, mass broadcast was was tremendous. And as I said already, people began to use the auspices of, of the system, the back office system, to to, to complete um, video conferences and append them to, to their plans uh, as they were giving advice so it's really become ingrained and and it's interesting if i look at our payment services uh, department for instance i'm trying to look at previous performance to present performance and and really Mm. i was looking at the interaction and it was the case that you know every member in 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 that department got 20 phone calls a day it's a busy busy location Uh, and today we get 20 phone calls for the whole department and you yeah. Think, oh, what's what's gone wrong there? Well, actually, nothing's gone wrong. Everything's gone right because mm. we've got the ticketing desk taking probably the majority of the communication, answered far more quickly and far more comprehensively, and we then also have, have video conferences going on, and then there's the phone calls as well. But actually, the, the whole system has moved away from the traditional telephone call to being far more multi-channel, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, and there's really no way of, of of saying you know of measuring the the, the activity from a telephone based uh, measurement in the past to now. Because it's all different. And, and, yeah. and, and the upshot is it's a lot smoother and uh, members are much happier with the way that we operate. So, And we've just rolled with that. So we've had the underpinning of I.O., we've put the, the telephone system in, we have the video conferencing, it's integrated, we're recording stuff on our ticketing desks when people ask questions. So it's kind of a, a blending together of all of that. And I suppose COVID has, has given us permission, if you like, or the ability to take advantage of that. And uh, we, we, we're not shy. So we've, we've, we've gone after that. And I think we know from our members that, that the service has improved as a consequence, which is the main aim and, and a really good outcome for us. It, it feels better and almost the same, just, just as nice as it was before, as easy as it was before. But actually, nothing is the same. Everything has mm-hmm. changed. 
um, and, and it's far more robust. It's far better uh, managed information that we can see what's going on. Um, far more consistent in replies. It's it's myriad, but you know, a, a big step forward for us. So having sort of slowed us down in the beginning, um, COVID really did accelerate things. Yeah, great. Well, I suppose um, you know one thing that COVID didn't affect was the uh, you know consolidation of the advice market. Whether that be you know, nationals networks and consolidated swooping up firms, or you know private equity coming in with you know, platforms and advice firms, which we've seen mm. quite a bit over the past eighteen months, um, how do you see the consolidation of the advice market in recent years? Do you think it's a good thing? What's your thoughts? I think it, it's. I guess in everything there's a balance, and there are two forces at work here. Well, one is capital being pointed at our market, and the other is is, is retiring advisors, and we know that you know the. Age, the age of the average advisors is quite high. You know, it's, it's, it's in the 50s and we don't have as many younger people coming in as we would like. So I think consolidation is, is, uh, is inevitable. And especially if you look at things like the banks of old leaving the service of providing financial advice and sort of regressing to just the banking um, services. So you know, there's, there's, there's a void there. And I think anybody looking at it as an investment can see the possibilities to consolidate and thereby get economies of scale, better quality of, of and better consistency. Um, and, and, you know, and frankly, you know, I think at some stage the industry does need some investment. So, you know, the kind of systems we've just spoken about from an IT perspective cost, cost quite a bit. And you have to have that, that bench strength, that capability to do it. So I think incoming investors have that opportunity. And I think you have, have some willing sellers. And, you know, there are some very good operators out there. You know, we as, as tenant compliance services provide uh, due diligence services to some of the consolidators and we can see exactly what they're doing in, in the way that they do it. Um, so I think for me, I suppose if there are pros and cons, but on, on the whole, I think it, it does drive consistency and, and improvement in quality. So for me, on the whole, probably not, not, not a bad thing and probably an inevitable thing. I mean, it happens in lots of industries. I don't think we're, mm. we're special in that regard. We talked about retiring uh, advisors earlier. Can you talk me through tenants' extra route for IFAs, retiring mm-hmm. IFAs? You know, why is an attractive option for them? Yeah, I guess that is, is, is an interesting example. So I guess we, we do have our own, uh, I guess you'll call it a consolidation. We call it a practice buyout program. So mm. we do offer to, to, to purchase firms from our members uh, in, in the network. And it's an area that we'd like to expand and continue to grow. So it it is the case that you know we've got many members with us for 10 20 and more years so they know us very well we know them very well and and as part of what tenant offers them in totality is an exit opportunity where we would we would purchase their business upon retirement and that's very attractive and by that stage of course they're on we know the system that they're running we have been auditing them we know what their their quality is like uh, we know what they're like as regards financial performance we know what they're like as individuals so actually it's it's a really good way for the seller to come to terms with how they're going to sell their business. And one thing that really surprised me coming into the industry is just how close uh, advisors are to, the, to their, their clients. So actually, post-sale, they, they don't want to bump into one of their clients and, and be you know accosted for saying, my goodness, why did you set me adrift and mm-hmm. drive me into a business that hasn't taken care of me? It's a real thing for them, and they really want to make sure that they're, they're, they're going to the right place. So that's, that's a big driver. And we provide that, that 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 capability, and I suppose that makes us different because, quite frankly, Tenant has a has a huge uh, hopper of of opportunities. Con- the, the pure consolidators in the market will be out there looking at whatever they they, they think or they would like to buy. Um, we we sort of have an inside track and and, a, and quite a, a long 
list of, of, of firms that would like to become part of what's called Tenet and You, which is our, our, our practice bio program and our, our national. So really interesting in, in what we can offer there. And, and, and you know, we, we've been doing that for quite a while. Um, we've, we've done something like 18 acquisitions so far um, and, and we'll continue to do that. So very, very attractive for, 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 for members uh, in the long run. You talk about, you know, an IFA not wanting to bump into a, a former client, you know, in the street or the post office or what have you, you know, if something has gone wrong. Now, how do you ensure that continuity post-acquisition or post-buyout on the client front? How do you ensure good outcomes? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So I guess there's, there's a few parts of this. So the, the really, you know, it all starts at the beginning, no surprise. So, you know, if, if you fail to plan, then you must, you must plan to fail. So before we make a decision to make an acquisition, we do very, very significant DD. Uh, and, and that starts with the individuals. So, you know, uh, first of all, are you going to be content to become an employee? Because that means that you will have to apply for your holidays and you will have to do your expense claim forms and all that sort of stuff. So we really talk through the reality of what it will feel like to be part of, of, of a business. And of course, we know that the temperament of the individuals uh, for, for quite some time. So we know that it's a fit. So we'll start with that, actually, to make sure both ways that, that we think people will be content um, as part of our business and they'll be content to be in it. Uh, so we spend quite a lot of time having some very frank conversations uh, around that. And then if, if you look behind that from the point of view of the operating model of the firm, they're already on our operating model. They're, they're on our back office systems. They're, they're using our, our, our advice journeys. Uh, we know what they do. So actually that the process is, is, is pretty well described and, and, and very manageable from our perspective. So we're not trying to integrate disparate you know, back office systems and all that kind of thing. So we take an awful lot of the variability out of it. And really then the focus is, is on the client and, and their clients. And to that end, usually, uh, and it has been the case so far, the, the owner will, will join our business um, for mm. one to two years. Um, and and that, th- that tends to fit with their life as well, their, their life planning. Um, so we get people coming to us, you know, four years out and saying, what should I do now to be ready to be acquired in four years time? Uh, and, and, and that's the case of this. And then you have that continu- continuity. Sometimes uh, they, they, they don't want to stay, in which case we have to bring in uh, another advisor. But, mm. you know, their, their, their destination is tenant and you. Uh, that has you know, a track to run on. It's very clear how it operates. It's, a system that it's, it's very like what goes on in the network, same back office systems, etc. So it, it really is quite, quite a smooth transition. And I think really the, the, the area of, of, of most... Um, accommodation or adjustment is around the individual which is why we spend so much time making sure that they'll be content in how that operates and we've been pretty successful in doing that you know pretty successful in in, in i wouldn't say it's worked every single time sometimes people um, arrive and they do it for a year and, and go a year early um, someone to stay on a bit longer and, and want to take another another role a more managerial role perhaps as a, away from just advice um so we're quite accommodating from point of view of how that of how that works you know, on the network side of the business as well, you know, how do you, you know, having a point of representatives, you know, is always, uh, is always interesting. And the FCA has had a few things to say about that, you know, in recent months. How does the business ensure, you know, network members stick to the business's ethos and rules? Yeah, I, that's, that's, that's a very good question. I think the, for us, the, the, it really is around giving clear guidance in regard to what we expect. 
uh, having strong oversight and ability to spot things uh, and, and have good processes in place. And again, going back to the conversation around technology, you know, the, the ability that we have today to inquire uh, into the process, to, to look at look at files, look at outcomes, look at suitability reports, um, take oversight activities, it, it, it's, it's how we do it. So there, there is a process within Tenet as to how we operate, which we know uh, works well. And that's been you know, refined and, and defined over time. So we, we, we ask that everybody uses I.O., they have attendant APIs, they can use different you know, attitude to risk um, mm. products or cash flow modeling products, etc., all of which link into and swim in the same direction as the advice process. So there are no offline activities going on that, that could be spurious. They're all linked and it all, it all works in the same direction. So we've got good uh, visibility of, of what goes on. Allied to that, then we, we have you know compliance activity where we're, we're constantly sample checking and testing where, where we where we need to, and we have a business support uh, team as well uh, who who go out and meet members. So it's important to to go and, and see the individuals, see how, how the business is functioning, see what their needs are. Uh, if if there are you know development um, requirements, then we'll implement those, whether it's training or feedback or whatever it is that that we need to do. Um, that that that's a a growing mechanism for us. Actually, what we're trying to do is is to drive a lot of the the heavy lifting, the the, the self attestation stuff, into the into the plumbing. So we have got more room for what I call value added conversations with members, and and then we can you know talk about highlights that are coming down the line from the point of view of regulation. You need to know that in six months' time, there's a change coming. Here's what it means for you. Mm. Here's how we're going to adapt to it. You'll see it in policy. You need to be au fait with that. So just 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 horizon scanning with them and helping them in, into the future as well. So I think you know the, the the oversight activity is going to become far more digitized with Tenet Tech. So we will have we will work on an exceptions basis. So we, you know we won't re- react to absolutely everything. We'll react appropriately. So what we want to do is to highlight the areas, say automatically, but with good insight as to what needs to be investigated. So we're not doing everything um, sort of you know uh, a vanilla uh, approach. We have a very targeted yeah. approach in the way that we do it. So, and we have those processes that that that, that allow us to, to to do that. Whether it's policy compliance, it's the business support team, um, or or it's just the, the the bare fact that that the system they use is uh, has got great oversight and capability to see what's going on. And if we can move on to you know, investment and portfolio management side of things, uh, just for a bit, you know, how does financial advice help clients achieve you know robust portfolio management or you know building a portfolio? What is Tenant's process on this? Yeah, I think it, it's 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 been interesting to, to observe the, the the process when when things went south in March twenty when when COVID hit in March mm. as well. Um, I think here you, you sort of cause and effect. Um, you know, the, the cause of the customer, what the customer needs and wants, and then the outcome or the the effect is, is portfolios. So I think you know our, our ambition really is, is is to provide financial peace of mind, and that starts with sitting down with somebody and talking through. What are your objectives for life? You know, how, how, when you want to retire, what kind of income do you need? Do you want a gift? Um, have you got a big expenditure item? You want to change a house, whatever, in retirement, etc. And sitting, out, sitting down and planning all of that out, I think, is, 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 is where you start. That's the most important thing, and it informs everything else. And in there, you get an attitude to risk. You're trying to figure out capacity for loss. Uh, lots of different elements. And you bring all those together to come to a coherent plan and you know, a recommendation uh, as to how that would work. And at, at that stage, you're into asset allocation and, and, and how you manage um, that person's requirements. And that's where the portfolios you know, are, are, are devised or evolved or applied uh, to that person's needs. And I think what's, what was interesting last year uh, in the midst of all the turmoil in, in March was just how, how calm clients were. 
So we mm. weren't calm because markets about 25%. And it was, a, it, was a, it was an, oh my goodness moment. Panic. If I could describe it as that. But, you know, the, 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 the reply from the, from the client was, well, you told me to have some cash aside in case it's a rainy day and it's pouring rain out there. And you told mm. me that my, my portfolio could drop, but actually I'll only crystallize the loss if I get out of that stage. So I'm going to sit still. So many advisors just said, call me back in a month when all this craziness is, uh, has, has uh, ebbed away. And, and in there, they, they were really implicitly saying, now I understand why I sat down with a professional advisor who figured out mm. my needs, has, has my investments in the right place, told me about hanging on to cash. And, you know, some people slowed their drawdown process. They just didn't need it. They're going to conserve cash. Others accelerated because they had siblings or they had children they wanted to help who were in, in more difficulty than they were. But people suddenly understood this, this is like a, a full disaster recovery test of, of, of the thing you, you thought would never happen. Um, mm. And it just did. And it went through that test. And I think the, the overwhelming reply from clients was one of, right, now I understand the, the value of good quality advice, because in this storm and in this turmoil, uh, planning ahead has allowed me to remain calm. And, and that's, that's, that's the financial peace of mind. And from mm -mm. that was a, a really strong endorsement of the need, um, but also then the performance of, of, of good quality advice. And, and that's and, and that those clients, I think, uh, if they were pleased with their advisor before, they're very pleased with them now because they, they feel safe. They feel as though, you know, that, that, that they, they did get good advice and um, they were looked after. And that, that's, mm. that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. So actually, I think big, big plaudits for our industry. I'm not just talking about tenant now and our advisors, but, but for the industry more, more widely. And, and I wish just more people could avail of that. I think mm. it, it, it's a pity there aren't more people taking financial advice. Well, suppose, how can we how can we fix that? How can we get more people taking financial advice? I suppose it, it, it's it's going to be a combination of things. I think the, um, the, the one of the one of the issues for me is, is 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 the word wealth. I think sometimes that puts people off. And um, if you look at our our tenant and new locations, we don't use the word wealth anywhere. We talk about investment. We talk about mortgage. We talk about pension. So people, even if you say pension to somebody, they they kind of switch off. That oh my god, that's a really mm. complicated thing. I know I should sort it out, but I just don't want to. And you know, and and that's just the beginning of the process, really. That, that's you know one element as, as as we all know. So so I think simplifying it and making it more more approachable, I, I think, is important. Uh, the other one that can help, I think, is 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 digital. So being able to access people at a younger age. Um, and it was very interesting recently. I was speaking to, to one of our one of our team in finance. Uh, I would say uh, Johnny was a thirty year old uh, young man. He said, um, "You know, this advice is, is for older wealthy people, uh, not me." Uh, but actually, when I when I thought about it, at my age now, there are things I should do now and set in motion that allow me to be in a better position at the age of fourteen fifty. Mm -hmm. And I thought, my goodness, that, that that's a very true saying. So I think digital and access, because the cost of, of execution of that kind of that kind of work can can be prohibitive. And, and that's the issue. If if you can perfect, you know, a, a process for uh, somebody who's got a complicated um, set of arrangements, you know, drawdowns, pensions, retirement coming up, etc., and you can bring that back down the age range digitally, so people just dip in for some simple stuff, then I think that, that that's a real win. I think you know the, the knowledge that that exists, I suppose, at, at the end of the, of our processes here, um, from from a wealth management perspective. Um, being able to digitize us back down the line is, is, is the direction a tenant will travel along. So we're not a fintech trying to travel up the line. I think mm. the knowledge and the capability needs to go needs to go down the age range rather than try and, and move its way up. So I think those two areas, and, and, and there is there is a PR exercise here. You know, I think uh, the FCA have done some some. Uh, checks recently around what people think about the financial services industry and after 
asked for 16,000 people, 25% said they didn't trust it. So it does have an image issue still um, mm. in, in doing that. But I think making it simpler, making it more accessible to individuals, I think uh, is, is the way to do it. And, you know, in there as well, somewhere along the line, there, there's, there is education. Um, you, know, you know, I don't want to be pointing at, at the government particularly, but it, I've got children coming to, to finish uh, their, their secondary school education. And um, it surprises me how little they understand about managing their, their cash, you know, and just again, mm. just some fundamentals. And yeah, I guess that hasn't changed much since I finished school. So uh, hopefully, um, hopefully that does change. And you know, uh, the FCA and the government do a bit more about education on that front. And you know, speaking of the FCA as well, um, you know, the regulatory landscape is, change, is changing very quickly, um, especially of late. You know, the, the regulator is consulting on many things um, yeah. and trying to fix many things, such as the PI market, you know, the FSCS levy, um, as well as a renewed focus on consumer outcomes. How is Tenet adapting to this? And you know, what do you want to see from the FCA in the coming years? What's what's your priority? So I guess you know, if we stand back from all of the all of that sort of elements and those examples, I suppose what the FCA are trying to do is, is to drive a culture that does the right thing, right? Mm. that it takes the Hippocratic oath of treating customers fairly. Uh, is really what they're trying to do, and and, and I think I think that, that that that's that's a that's a great aim. That that's a good thing to be doing. I think the mechanics of how you get there can be quite painful, <laughs> as uh, as we all know. So there are issues in there. Certainly, the FSCS levy is, is is an issue where we talk about the polluter that pays, but the polluter doesn't pay, uh, mm. and really it, it's it's bona fide firms who pick up the the, the mess when something goes wrong. Um, I think you know we're also seeing. Uh, I, I guess you know th- their perimeter is very wide. If, if, if we take you know what what what, what we're dealing with from a point of view of, of our network you know they get involved in all kinds of things that, that are outside of, of what, what we would normally be involved with but if you take the example of big tech and i watched a, a select committee interview recently of google and facebook um and uh, you, yes and you see what goes on there so you know for for, for, for me to, to to promote a financial product it's strictly controlled but when we advise on that financial product it has to has to be suitable and we have to say so and we have to explain why and after we've given that advice we must stand behind it forever and it must be insured so you know, mm. that is that, that, that that's quite a that, that, that's quite a, an involvement i understand why why you would do that or you can go you can be uh, an advertiser on google and you can go and advertise what you want and people can pick it up with them yeah. and then cause great damage to, to the, the, the the pr of, of financial services as a consequence there you know this caveat emptor in, in the way that they operate and the question asked if you saw that that, that the mp asked the question of google he said will you compensate an individual who has been missold or has lost money on the basis I did of, see that bit, yes. of an ad that that's been on on your platform and they were they, they couldn't answer that really by mm-hmm. saying that so i think you know there's some real challenges there in how you square that and i, I know google to their credit have stepped up and said you know that they they, they don't want to have uh, non-authorized uh, advertisers on their platform any longer you know which came first uh, government pressure or their own view i don't know um but that you can see those changes and i think that's an area i think of focus where i think unfortunately probably just some pretty strong action on the play on the part of the government probably but also on the part of the fca i think it's certainly mm. an area that, that that's important and and thereby you know affecting the fscs levy because it, it, we just don't you know when you talk about some of the investments you know non-regulated non-regulated investments inside sips that then become payments out of the fscs it just blurs the lines and makes it quite yeah. complicated and, and it's, it seems to be only going in one direction i think only eight percent of the fca um budget is spent on oversight 
uh, and trying to weed out the, the, the bad actors potentially. So I think, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a lot to, to do there. It drives the PI market. We've seen increases in PI. We run our own captive uh, insurance company for PI. And, and you know, we, we can see the, the, the cost spiraling and, and people leaving the market. So you've got, you know, people leaving the insurance market and thereby people who want to sell particular products can't get insured either because they mm. just can't be insured at all or because they can't afford the premium. Um, so I think those elements, I think, are... are, are sort of the, the machinations within the machine, if you like, from the point of view of, of the regulator. So I suppose in answer to your question going forward, um, you know, we can see that the, the consumer protection um, activity that's in consultation now and through the end of the year and coming into practice in July, uh, I think the biggest change since 2004, since, since mm. the treating customers fairly regime. And there you have communications, you've got price and value. You, 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 there's, a, there's a number of things, the four items that, 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 that the regulator wants, wants to work towards. And again, I think it's in that direction of the, you know, the Hippocratic Oath uh, of, of, of doing the best that you can. So I support that. And, and for us, we have to understand it, adapt to it, and make sure that our network can, can consume that easily and act in that direction. And really what we're trying to do is to program in um, you know, I guess the the, the old uh, Japanese term of pokioki, which means to mistake proof. So try and figure out how our policy and how our, our advice processes will be tolerant of, of the needs of that. But I think it's in, in this in all in the same direction from the point of view of, of protecting the, the, the consumer in, in the end. So I think we will adapt to those as we go. And it's something we've done all of our lives. Uh, it's something we will continue to do. And I think, you know, the outcome here, however painful along the way, the different elements that, that, that have occurred, I think it is in the direction of improving the quality of service to the end customer and I think mm. that for us you know providing that financial peace of mind and well-being to people is, is what we're all about so it kind of it swims in the same direction for us uh, and we'll just have to adapt as, as, as time goes on doesn't mean we're not going toe-to-toe in regard to FSCS and we've done that through PIMFA um, we will continue to do that where we, where we see there's, there's improvements to be made um, we'll, we'll definitely put the pressure on and continue to put the pressure on. 